Hello, hello. Welcome to the Queen Candy Podcast. How are Hi. you? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Okay, so what we're going to do is get right into it, and we're going to ask you to tell everyone a little bit about yourself, your history, family, and what you do for a living. So we're going to let you have the floor. Thank you for taking the time out and for your patience for being on the Queen Candy Podcast. So we're going to um, let you have the floor and give everyone your story. All right. Um, my name is Mandy Starrett, and I am a survivor of domestic violence. I also uh, am in recovery from alcoholism. I am a very strong advocate for plant medicine. And um, I'm a survivor of childhood trauma and childhood sexual abuse also. Um, and I run my own business and I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I speak a lot about domestic violence and about my healing process. And I also run a small uh, company out here where I live on Whidbey Island in Washington, uh, where I specifically hire domestic violence survivors and pay them a livable wage. Um, so um, two years ago, I gave birth to my little boy and was in a very violent relationship. Uh, when that little boy was about eight weeks old, the abuser uh, broke down a door and almost hit my newborn baby with that door. And so I had finally decided to leave. Uh, I knew that if I couldn't leave for myself, that I had to leave for the kids um, because otherwise, um, you know, I'd be responsible for their deaths. And I, I didn't want that for them. And I didn't want them to be my age going through the same things I went through. Um, and so um, about a year ago, I went on a ayahuasca journey. And um, that really allowed me to open up and be honest. Um publicly on TikTok about my abuse and what I had experienced. And that launched me into um, kind of a, a, about 100,000 followers. Uh, since then, wow. I have just um, kept sharing. I met a wonderful man. We're now expecting a new baby. And, and this makes number eight between the two of us. <laughs> so we have yeah. a big big blended family. Um, and you know, my partner suffers from depression and mental health stuff. So we really just try and do things, um, different than how we grew up and really share our journey with people to spread hope and love and compassion and, you know, help people when we can. Um, like I say, I pay a livable wage, um, to the people that I hire. Um, so that they can start over. Because when I started the business, I did it because I had to take my baby to work for safety. And I couldn't find a job that would let me bring my kid to work. So I started my own. Um, and, you know, in the past, since January, I've gone on a couple um, retreats. I've been invited to a couple retreats uh, around the country and really expanded my mind on on healing and my journey and my purpose and what I'm here to do and that's you know to teach people but not by really teaching um, more necessarily teaching them by telling my story and um, sharing about my life and the mistakes I made and and maybe you know, I said at the beginning when I made my first TikTok, if I can help one person, then all of this wasn't for nothing. All the pain, all the anguish, you know, um, all the trauma. And, you know, I get, you know, I still get messages every day. I've, I've helped multiple women escape um, their abusers and they've started over with their kids. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of, you know, a little about me. Um, you know, where I'm at, we live in a small community. Um, my abuser was never charged. Um, he continues to break the restraining order even to this day. Um, wow. so, so, um, I'm also a supporter of, of carrying a weapon if you need to, uh, for the right reasons. So I am a gun owner, um, for safety of my children. Uh, he's a dangerous man. Um, 
And, you know, he is so narcissistic and such a sociopath. He has breached into even narcissistic support groups um, to post and, and find his victims. Um, you know, so, you know, part of my thing is I just have to be loud as I can. So hopefully when he does meet his next victim, maybe they've seen my TikTok, maybe they've seen, um, you know, what he did to, you know, me and my children. I have an 18 year old, uh, who left home after, uh, I, uh, left the abuser. Uh, he refused to leave home because he didn't think that, um, that I would survive if he didn't, you know, if he left and now he's off living his life, but I have a 13 year old, uh, daughter who is in therapy once a week. And we talk about her, her journey too, on my social media of, of her healing because she witnessed a lot. And so now it's my responsibility to teach my children how to live a better life. Um, when it comes to my alcoholism, uh, it's a fact that our children have a 50-50 chance of, of being addicts or alcoholics if their parents are. So um, both my fiance and I are in recovery and, you know, we just get to show them that there's a better way to live. Um, and if by chance they end up, you know, going down that road, they'll have a safe place to be. Um, you know, we really try and provide a community for people um, even if it's through just our social media platform, um, you know, I, I've talked about this before that, um, the sense of having a community and a tribe that I grew up with, I'm 38. So, you know, it's changed so much. Um, even since the pandemic, there's a lack of community, a lack of support. There's a lack of understanding. There's a lack of just basic human compassion, um, which is, is so important that everyone is a soul. We're all here on purpose. You know, none of us are here by accident. Nothing that has happened to us happens by accident. Um, and I think kindness can go a long way and kindness can change the world. There's just so much less of it these days. Um, wow, in, my, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. So, um, that's a little bit about me kind of where I've come from and, where I'm at now and, and, you know, a beautiful life is possible if you're willing to do the work and, you know, surround yourself with the right kind of people. I, I tell people this all the time that if you want to be better and do better, you have to surround yourself with a higher caliber people. And that doesn't even necessarily mean people with money. That means people that are willing to own their shit, people that are willing to hold you accountable um, to have a community. And if you don't have a community or a tribe, find one, make one. Um, even if it's one or two people that are going to check on you every week and ask what you're up to. Um, how, you know, I have my business that I run and um, I, you know, have people that check in and make sure that I'm getting back to my customers and, you know, that I'm not slacking. Um, and, I really am super careful about who I let in my energy field. Um, there's just, there's a lot more people that want to see you fail than a lot more than, than, than want you to succeed. That is so true. Yeah. So, you know, I just try and if I'm on the internet, I just try and lift other Kings and Queens up every day and, and be support. And I've, I've, try if I'm in public, every time I'm in public, if I see someone to give them a compliment or you just never know how much that little bit of kindness is going to spread and, and change the world. Um, and we just, we just need more love. We just need way more love in the world and way more support. Um, you know, I love seeing people succeed Be just because someone succeeds doesn't mean I fail. Right. You know? We, we just have to push each other to always be better, especially, like I said, in the world we're in right now, um, there's so much unknown. Um, so why not just be kind? Why not just help people when you can uh, it, without if it's not going to, you know, drain you um, and, you know, work on your shit. I tell people all the time, deal with your stuff, 
figure out what it is that's making you so unhappy because there's so much to be grateful for. Even if you don't have that much, there's so much awful stuff going on outside of the the little United States, you know, that I, a lot of my followers are in. There's way more worse stuff going on that we can't even fathom. And we have a lot to be grateful for, even though it's not perfect and it's a way messy right now. Um, yeah it could be worse. And there's people that are truly suffering out there. And there's people that are truly not living with basic human rights. Um, you know, so instead of trolling the internet, finding things to be someone to talk crap to, you know, troll the internet and, and find a, a cause to support, find a man or a woman with a small business or a small podcast or anything like that to support. Um, why not? Yeah, that's true. Um, we agree with all that that you just said. We need so much. Everyone is so evil and hateful these days. It makes no sense to us. And a lot of people, you know, not to make an excuse, they don't know, you know, how to love themselves. So if you don't know how to do that, chances are you're not going to be able to do that with anyone else. Exactly. And, Speaking, we can relate to a lot of things you just said, honestly. Um, we have a dark uh, history, too, uh, if you will. We actually gone through child abuse, um, foster care, domestic violence, and it's happened about four times in our past relationships up until now. Um, we've been married almost two years to a wonderful man. And he has helped change our life as well. We can definitely relate to a lot of what you were saying. It came, wow, as a final straw for us as well, you know, realizing and having our kids around, which we hate, they had to see some of it. Some they did, some they didn't. But um, we had to realize the same thing as you, you know, and to anyone that will hear this, what did it for us was, okay, if you don't get out of this, you're going to wind up dead or in jail. Yeah. And you have kids to raise. And if you're single for the rest of your life, which we're glad it didn't work out that way, you know, at least you can have your peace. And we were doing the same thing, you know, making excuses or maybe they had a bad day or it's my fault mm -hmm. or they had a reason for doing it or they would blame us. You know, um, verbal, emotional, and physical abuse, it's all pretty much the same to us because they can all leave long scars from your childhood into your adulthood. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and for us, I get we that. Were... I, I get that message, you know, quite often on my social media platforms from men and women that say, oh, well, mine wasn't as bad or mine was only verbal. And I always say, I always say, we don't do that here. We don't compare trauma. Abuse is abuse is abuse. Yep. Whether you think it's just simple financial abuse that leaves lifelong effects on people. Um, you know, the, the verbal and the narcissistic abuse that I tolerated did way more damage to me than, you know, I had my face had to be reconstructed because he shattered it. And I was able to like get to know my new face a lot easier than I am healing from that. The words and the things that come out of someone's mouth that you have been taught to believe that you love that person. Right. And it can, what's the word we're looking for? Confuse you. And really mess you up. I can't put it yeah. any more simple than because we all, as young women, we grow up with this unrealistic idea of what love really is, you know, and we think it's going to be all beautiful. And you know, all the princess movies we used to see, yep. Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast. We used to see those as a little girl and we would be like, that's what I want. I want someone to come and rescue me and save me. And there's a reason why. Those are fictional characters because that can never happen in real life. Yes. Life can be very hard. We had to go, wow, through so many 
horrible narcissist that we can identify it now before we got to our husband now. And for anyone that can relate, um, they make you the problem. Mm-hmm. They believe you. And they're not there, unfortunately, you know, to save you. They're there just to get whatever they can get from you. I remember my last relationship, I was cooking, cleaning, helping pay half the bills, working two jobs, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to start, uh, I was doing radio, music, and, you know, was faithful, loyal, and after about 14 months, I heard the words that did it for me. I was like, okay, it's time to go. I heard you never did a thing for me. Oh. That's one of the biggest things, y'all, that narcissists will say to you because in their mind, and we know you can relate, Mandy, in their mind, they're the victim. It's all about them. They want what they want, and when they can't get it, they like to do what we call a pity party. Yes. They want everyone to feel sorry for them. But that's what we heard after 14 months, and we had just had our third physical fight. In that moment, we realized, you know what? You're just not going to be happy no matter what. And we're never going to be perfect, but we're trying. Yeah. And it's just not going to be enough for you. So in that moment, we decided to leave. You know, when you get so deep and you think you're in love it, and it's the wrong person, it can really seriously mess you up. And we can say, watching our mother as a little girl, we would see her fight and argue all the time. We've never seen anything physical, but we've always heard her argue. So growing up as a little girl, you think that's normal. And because no one is there to show you the right way, you go down the wrong path. Yeah. I know for me, I, I didn't have a father figure growing up and at 16, I lost my grandfather who we had moved in with and he was my, my father figure. And I was never really allowed to grieve correctly. Um, you know, back then it was like, there's seven stages of grief or whatever it is. Uh And then you're supposed to be over it. Right. But I mean, anyone who's dealt with any kind of grief knows that's not the case. It's, it lasts for life. Um, and after I lost him, I just went looking for men to love me because I didn't have that. And wasn't supported by a mother who made me feel worthy or made me feel good about myself or made me feel like I was enough the way I was she suffered with body image stuff. You know, she suffered with her own addictions and that kind of thing. And she did the best she could, but she definitely didn't set me up for success. Right. And so now I just want to pass that to my children so that they're not my age at 38 years old, just figuring out life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the same thing. Uh, we have eight children as well. So like you and your fiance, we have a um, blended family. <laughs> um, yeah. My husband has four kids from previous relationships. And we, of course, have four of our own. And the oldest will be 18 next month. So she's seen, unfortunately, a lot of what we've been through. And like we said, we hate that. But yeah. she's actually, um, you know, like your daughter is in therapy, you know, did and we're glad because it's helping her go in the right direction. She didn't run wild like we did and, you know, didn't get pregnant <laughs> at a young age because we had her when we were 19. Um, and she's getting ready to graduate Her in her last year of high school, has two jobs. And, and throughout everything, like you said, when we agree, you know, nothing happens by accident. Yes. So we think sometimes that maybe the stupidity of what we went through and the pain and, you know, heartache to show her 
And we're glad because she is understanding who not to be and what type of behavior not to accept. We want to do it differently with her because no one ever really explained that to us. So if we can, you know, and with all our kids, um, if we can help them as much as possible, you know, go in the right direction. And it's also the same thing we do with our show as well. You know, we talk about domestic violence and we give a lot of our backstory of how stupid we were and the choices we made and everything we've gone through. And that and our children, you know, we hope to, we like to think step up and be a leader and show women, you know, we're living proof just like you are, um, that you can go through hell and high water, but you got to get up and own it. And even if it takes you 10 years, five years to get over any grief, you know, you can't tell people how to deal with their grief on a side note. Yeah. Um, but no matter how long it takes you, you know, just as long as you're getting through it, because you can't go around it, you can't go over it. So, so we had to tell ourselves, you got to go through it. And now, you know, we're doing, this is probably the best we've done in our life. And we know you said you were 38, we're 36. So you're about two years older than us. <laughs> so um, we're yeah, probably I mean, going through at the same time. and I had this conversation last night. It's funny that you said that. And we were, he, oh, wow. was, he just said, he said, you know what? I cannot believe what we've accomplished. Like even just since we met, like it's a beautiful life. We have so much to be grateful for. And uh, it's the reality. If you're aligned and, and you're following your path and your purpose, we're spreading love and compassion and, and putting all this good energy and good light out there. It's going to come back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, do you have a foundation that you run with um, domestic violence or you just go out and speak to people? Yeah, I just, you- <laughs> yeah, just like on my, my platforms on TikTok and Facebook, my Instagram is newer, so I don't, I still share on there. Um, but, you know, just talking about, you know, my abuse and especially my triggers in my relationship now, um, people don't talk about that kind of stuff a lot. So it, it, I found through sharing the things that trigger me, talking about when I have, you know, those triggers and how my fiance helps me or how he notices them. It allows other people to see those triggers in themselves. And I get messages all the time like, oh, my God, now I realize why I act like that when this happens. It's, um, you know, it's a reaction to a past behavior that we became accustomed to. You know, we're just expecting things to fall through all the time because they always did. Um, So basically, you know, retraining our brains and I'm all about knowledge. So anything I can get my hands on to just expand, even if I, it might not be for me. If I have some knowledge on it, then I might run into somebody that could use it. Cause right. nobody's, nobody's the same. Nobody's trauma's the same. Nobody heals the same. There's so many books out there and I'm sure most of us, and especially I'm sure people that listen to podcasts like this have a stack of self-help books. I still buy them, <laughs> you know, hey, well, oh, you know, whatever helps. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, eventually I would love to just be able to go out and speak and, you know, share, um, and I, that's coming and I, I definitely am going to write a book in the near future about, um, you know, my story, uh, because it helps people every time they hear it, even if they don't have, uh, experience with domestic violence, they usually know someone who does, and then they can better support that person because I lacked support. And that's a lot of times why people don't leave domestic violence relationships is because they don't have a support system that understands what they're going through. Or it, or is even capable of being supportive. I mean, I almost everybody walked away from me, knowing what was happening, and um, so as long as people can feel like there's support and understanding, and we can get rid of that shame and that, you know, that 
cloud that hangs over things like sexual assault, sexual abuse, domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, all this stuff that literally causes generations of trauma. It doesn't stop with us unless we heal ourselves. You know, if we don't heal ourselves, we're going to pass this on, like you said, to our kids or we learn it from our parents. So what's our responsibility now? Like what, where can we take this pain that we've experienced and use it for the better good of the world? Um, you know, that, um, this is one of the top things that people should do. We have to realize that you can't control the other person. It's not you. It's something that's usually wrong with them. Yeah. That's what we tend to do because a lot of us, we have childhood trauma and we don't deal with it and it lingers to our adulthood. And, you know, that's one of the things we had to realize. Well, you lash out at people because you always felt like you had to protect yourself or defend yourself. And unfortunately, we don't learn the healthy ways, you know, to deal with it. We learn the unhealthy ways. And that can also cause a lot of pain and trauma. But whether you're male or female, you know, and we know more women that's been through it, but we tend to always blame ourselves. And whether he's had a hard day, whether you said anything or we don't care what happens, you know, it's not your fault. You can't control that person. But what you can control is your strength, your power and leaving you know we were wow so deep we didn't think that there was a way out until it was like we just snapped out of it like what do you mean you know why are you waiting for him to make that decision it's on you you know and we tend to blame ourselves for so much and it's not normally you no it's of themselves or even respect you or honor you or anything like that. So that's yeah. the only way we can do it. Yeah. Comes down to a lot of just self love. And, you know, when you learn to be happy alone, and I, you know, I sat alone in isolation for a long time and just became okay with, with that. And I was okay if I didn't meet someone again. I was just, you know, grateful. And I I try and start my day every day with even just being grateful that I am alive and that I get to wake up and, and take another breath and hug my kids for another day. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot to intention and, you know, positive affirmations and your thoughts become your feelings and your feelings become your actions. So oh, I'll play that again. <laughs> your, your thoughts become your feelings and your feelings become your actions and your actions are who you are. That is so true. Yeah. And it's all what you put in your head, like what we do now, this is going to probably sound a little corny, but, um, <laughs> do now because we're so used to speaking positive um, our, our bad negative things to ourselves. Now what we try to do is kind of picture the new us talking to the old us. We don't know if that makes any sense because yeah. when you change, you become a different person. Yes. And we kind of speak, and this is every day. Y'all gotta do this every day. But what we try to do is speak positive things to ourselves. Even if we've accomplished you know, one thing out of the day, whether it's checking on our kids or making sure our husband doesn't have to cook when he gets home. Mental health and uh, domestic violence, child abuse, it really can mess y'all look. We still deal with it, you know, but now, you know, um, more healthier and better ways to deal with it in our life. And the biggest thing for us was separating from a lot of people that did hurt us. Yeah. I have, a, I have a very small circle and I, I like it that way. Oh yeah. <laughs> same here. Same here. So how do we know you mentioned your oldest um, child? How do 
your kids help you, you know, with your everyday life, you know, with everything you've accomplished and what you've gone through? How big of a role did they play in your healing process? Oh, immensely. Um, you know, when I left my abuser, it was in the middle of the pandemic. So we were really isolated at home. Uh, and, you know, because he was free, even if we had a chance to go out, we wouldn't go out. So it really was just me and the kids um, every day. And, you know, I didn't hide anything. And whether that is right or wrong, I don't know. But I felt like it was my duty to be really honest with, especially my daughter. Um, no, we about, don't think we did the same thing with our kids. So we definitely in full support of that. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, you know, I, when I was scared, I would tell her, um, you know, I mean, I wouldn't include everything. Um, but I've, I haven't hid anything from her because I made her keep secrets for me. And that's another thing, you know, I have a lot of, it's not shame anymore. Um, it's, I, I will always carry a sense of guilt, um, for the things my children experience, not just in my abuse, but my alcoholism. Um, but I don't carry shame anymore. Um, cause I don't believe you can really get rid of shame. You can't let go of shame. You kind of have to turn it into a sense of guilt and then you can work on the guilt, but shame is just such a dirty thing. Um, it is. And it's, it's really deep and, and thick, especially in my family, per se, I, the generation before me, my parents and my grandparents, is shaming was part of parenting. And it's damaging. It's damaging to carry shame. It's, it's very heavy, um, you know. So I think having guilt is a, is a way healthier feeling than having shame. And so I share this, you know, with my daughter and you know, she is, my daughter's 13 and she is 5'11 and looks like she's 19. So, oh, wow. um, that in itself, um, you know, she's been bullied a lot, uh, because she's such a tall girl. Um, and so I just breathe pure positivity, body positivity into her. And to be honest, I cut most of my family off because they were not body positive. Uh, even for me growing up, that's where my body issues came from was from my mom. And so when they started making comments about my daughter to my daughter and I walked in one day and she had been writing on herself with Sharpie that she was ugly. And I, I just couldn't, and I didn't talk to my own mother and didn't let them talk to her for over a year. Um, and I just, every day I tell her she's beautiful. I, if she says anything negative, like you were talking about, I just spit a positive right back to her and tell her what's great about herself. Um, you know, we don't talk about clothes size. Like I just, we just go and we go shopping and she picks up what fits and you know, she is who she is. And what I can do now for my kids, what I feel like is that, you know, I cannot stop bad things from happening to them when they go out into the world. But what I can do now is I can breathe so much confidence into these children, especially my little boy who's autistic, um, that when they're out in the world, they're so confident that they can't be hurt by people. Right. That they are so confident in who they are and what they're here for and that they're on purpose. And, you know, um, that's just the best thing I can do because I just don't even feel like I can even tell them what the world's going to be like, let alone five years from now, let alone six months from now. No one knows. So we just, my fiance and I talk about this all the time. Like I, I hope they never want to leave. Like they want to live here forever on the farm. We'll build them little houses. We don't care. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I grew up, you know, like I said, with my grandparents, lived with my grandparents and you don't find that much anymore. You don't find that generational people living together and people taking care of each other and, you know, having dinner with the elders every night. So we want to create that again. Like that's what we want for our kids. And obviously, you know, with eight children, that means we're going to have a lot of grandkids someday. So... <laughs> 
I, yeah. I just want them to all have a place where they know they can be like, yeah, we're, that's where we're going because it's a safe place. It's a safe place on my good days and it's a safe place on my bad days too. That's good. That's good. And we, we actually can relate on a lot of things. That's, that's beautiful. But at the same thing, we tell our daughter because we know she's still going through, you know, her issues and things right now. And we're not in the same state, but we talk almost every day. We either text or call because she works. But, you know, we try to instill that in her because a lot of reasons it wasn't told to us, you know, that we were beautiful, we were smart, that we could do whatever we put our mind to and yeah. we limited stuff. So now, especially with our daughters, we have, well, biologically, two girls and two boys. And especially with our daughter, um, we try to instill that in them, that they're queens, that they're beautiful, they're strong, they don't have to accept any behavior they don't want to, that they can, you know, stand on their own. There's nothing wrong with dating, but they can still be independent whether or not he leaves. Yeah. And, you know, just keep that confidence in them. And, you know, unfortunately, we don't know what this world is going to be doing. It's so crazy right now. You know, we barely leave the house. Only time we leave is for work or we go to the store. And <laughs> it's, it's going to change because we're used to going out and we've done shows. I haven't performed in like two years or did any type of shows or anything, you know, with COVID and everything else that's been going on. Yeah. And it's, it's just been crazy. And you try to just, you know, like you said, do your best and prepare them for the worst. Although we don't know what that will be, but, you know, you just try to prepare them. And yep. that's, that's good advice. You know, we wish a lot of our parents, especially parents these days, and, we, and we're going to ask you in a minute how you feel about this, but social media and Facebook, Instagram, all that, we see a lot of parents trying to be friends more than parenting their kids. We know how strong, just by talking to you, the relationship with your children. So how do you feel about that? Do you feel like parenting has taken a turn? Because it's so much different now. Yeah, I I have like mixed feelings because I feel like there's part of the generate this new generation that is like, take no shit. I'm here to make changes. Like I'm like proud of these kids, like seeing them. Yeah. Um you know, just being who they are. But then there's this other side of these kids who are so entitled. No, like, I, I just like, I, it shocks me. I mean, my kids know how to do their laundry. I mean, these kids are in their twenties and they don't know how to do their laundry because they literally, their parents just wanted to be friends with them. So they just did everything for them. But I mean, if you think about it, those kids are going to be the ones taking care of us if we end up in an old folks home. So why aren't we wanting better for them? Uh, like, why uh, are we wanting better for them? And I'm not saying I think everything's changed. Like, you know, sports, it used to be they used to be really hard on the kids. And I agree there should be some being hard on the kids in sports. But, you know, through the changes, you know, it's better now. Um, but like even let's say social media, my daughter still doesn't have social media. She has TikTok, but I monitor it every freaking day. Um, she, she, it's private and I'm her only friend on there. <laughs> um, and she's lost it. This is like her eighth TikTok account and I've, I'll delete it. And I, she has a phone. I've been paying for a phone for over a year and I think she's had it maybe one or two months out of the year. Because okay. um, <laughs> I just, I don't accept, you know, like breaking the rules. And if you can't be safe, especially on social media, like I personally know an old neighbor last year, her daughter used to babysit my baby. This girl had her stuff together. She's 16 or 15, didn't even drive yet. Um, worked a job, like nicest girl I've ever met. They found her in New York city that she had started talking to someone on social media, didn't know who they were. They had convinced her. We live in 
Washington, convinced her to somehow get on a on a Greyhound bus, and she made it all the way to New York City before the FBI found her. Oh wow! Like that, and we live in a really small area. We live on an island outside of Seattle, so it's tiny. To get to mainland, you have to take a ferry. You have to drive onto a boat and drive, and then get taken over there. So, for me, oh wow. I don't want to be friends with my daughter because what the heck could happen to her if I'm just her friend and I just want life to be easy when a situation arises, she's not going to have the smarts and she's not going to have the confidence to stand up for herself and know what's right or wrong. That's so true. And that's why it's so important, you know, to be real with your kids. And a lot of parents may say, well, you're going to damage them when you give them too much info. We've always been real with our kids because, number one, we want you to hear from our mouth. And number two, this world isn't all beautiful. It can be. You can have, you know, heaven on earth or hell, whichever one you want. But like you just said, and we said earlier, you know, you want to send them out there as prepared as possible. You can't put it no more plan than that. But, you know, be close with your kids. This is just how we feel. Be close with your kids, but keep that line where you're not crossing over to being their friend because a friend is someone, they just cool. Y'all do whatever. You don't think about the consequences of your actions, none of that. But, you know, and they're still going to get into things as they get older, you know, if they're allowed. But what you can, um, you know, prepare them for, let's do that. We don't see any more of that. We used to have people talk to us when we were growing up about our, you know, body odor, um, clean, and, you know, blah, and our period, you know, that time of the month, and especially boys, you know, they would talk to us about that and give us, you know, life advice. And some of that did stick to us till this day, but we don't see that anymore. No. And I, I mean, I also feel like, I wish I had more information as a child. Like, I mean, like my, there wasn't a lot of communication in my house. I mean, and I, I knew stuff and we had those talks, but I feel like I was not given enough information about things, about life, about what, what reality is. And I don't want my kids going out there into the world and not having an idea of what reality is that there are bad people out there there are people out there that do not want you to succeed nope so you know they i want them to always know this is a safe place you know um my my 18 year old when he lost his virginity at 17 he called me first because we had (laughs) had such open communication about it that he felt the need to just call and tell me it happened And I want that for my kids. Like, I want them to be like, I can pick up the phone. I can call my mom and tell her whatever it is and know that she's just going to, like, unconditionally love me. Right. I mean, if I'm disappointed in you or if I'm whatever, I'm going to tell you. Like, if you call me in the middle of the night and you're drunk somewhere and made bad choices, yeah, I'm probably going to have a good talk with you the next day. You'd probably be in trouble. You know, but I'm still going to unconditionally love you. You know, I, I, I grew up that I owed my parents something like even to this day, it's like, but that's not how it works. You know, when they're 18, if we do a good enough job as parents and love them, right, they're going to want to stick around. They're going to want to come home. They're going to want to call us. But if we don't and they want to go travel the world and call us once a year, that's their decision as an, as a human, as an adult, like they don't owe us anything. No, you know, they didn't ask to be here, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So it's, I mean, and I realized that, I mean, this is just the last year I realized I was like, wow, you know, I really, I'm, I'm 38. I don't still owe my parents anything. You know, I'm an adult myself. I have my own life. Um, And, you know, so I have to give my kids that same respect. Uh, It's crazy because 
we knew in the back of our mind that they was going to come with our kids and our oldest will be 13, uh, our youngest, our apologies, will be 13 um, this month on the 19th. So it's really hitting us that they're getting older. It's, it really is. Yeah. But, you know, no, just to piggyback off what you were saying, we went through that same thing. You know, our family still to this day with all that we're accomplishing have never said congratulations we're proud of you you know we had to cut them off as well but they made us feel like for so long and we actually thought this just like you said that we owed them and we only say all that to say a lot of us have to move forward What's done, it's already done. You can't go back and change anything. Honestly, this is going to sound crazy. We want to change a thing we've gone through because we're happy about where it got us. Exactly. I feel the same way. Right. We did have to go through a lot of hell and uh, question and wow, we can go on and on. But we did have to go through a lot, but you have to move forward. And we spent so long, and we don't know if you went through this as well, you know, angry, mad, holding a grudge and resentment mm-hmm. against and everybody that ever did something to us. And we had to, it was so much we had to realize, like, it's not hurting them. You're hurting yourself. Yep. They're probably living their life, not worried about you, you know, none of that. So, and what they put you through, they were hoping it was going to kill you. They were hoping it was going to destroy you, but you're still here. So that's for a reason. It's not by an accident. Mm -hmm. So we had to accept a lot of things, like we said earlier, that we may never get an apology. We had to get to a mature uh, mindset, if you will, and let that go. And just accept, you know, we got burned, we got hurt, we did whatever we did. It's in the past, and we're not that same person anymore. And that's another reason why we had to cut a lot of people off, because they want to keep reminding us of who we used to be. We're not, that's like telling me, hey, somebody broke into your house, and we don't live there anymore. Yep, I love that saying. That means nothing. So if someone comes and tells you something that we did, 10 or 15 years ago, and you come tell us, we're going to look like, um, okay, Ann, uh, what do you want us to say? <laughs> yeah. We can't change it. You know, people have to really move forward. And it's it's hard. Don't get us wrong. We had to go through a whole process. So we're not saying nothing to nobody that we didn't go through. But when you, pretty I heard this phrase, you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you're going to do whatever you have to do Whatever head or hole you got to climb up out of and you're going to get to where you believe and you can see in your mind where you deserve to be. We all yeah. deserve to be. We all deserve to have a happy ending. Unfortunately, we're seeing people getting killed every day. We know what's going on on the news and we got COVID going around. People are getting more evil and selfish as ever. Now is really the time we have to let a lot of things go. and. That's what a lot of people don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. It's easier for them to hold on um, and be angry than it is to heal. Healing is hard. I think accepting, you know, the fact that it happened, that's what really did it for us. You know, we yeah. can't change you can't change what you've gone through, but you can change, you know, who you want, who you want to be. Yeah, exactly. It's up to you. So um, we did want to ask you this question, Mandy. Um, with everything you say you've gone through with your addiction and everything, um, have you ever contemplated suicide? Oh, yeah. Been there a lot. Tried a yeah. couple times in my earlier addiction years um yeah mental health we brought that up earlier it's like mental health matters and it's that's another thing that's not talked about enough no Uh, even before my abuse um 
I suffered from depression and anxiety. And it's was worse after um, the abuse. It's more better now, but I mean, I still have my bad days. Um, yeah. I think for me, it's like, I can't do it now because I have so many kids. Not that, <laughs> um, you know, and I mean, and that's just, that's just being truthful. Um, you know, and my fiance, you know, he goes through his mental health and he suffers from severe depression also. And, um, you know, so we talk about it all the time and, and, um, you know, it's, it's not something I take lightly. Uh, you know, even when I, you know, see someone that I know that isn't looking, you know, too well, I make sure and check in with them. Um, it's not, and, and, you know, people don't talk about that either. You know, people don't talk about suicide, you know, like it's taboo. But if we talked about it more, people might realize they're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times, a lot of us are ashamed. And we went through that up until we met our husband. Um, Even though he is older than us and he's not bad for competition, he spends a little more life (laughs) than we have. But we can go to tell him something and he'll finish our sentence. Mm -hmm. And we say that because it's so much of a relief now that we have some kind of a support system because he understands a lot of what we go through. And a lot of people in our past um, could not. Yeah. You know, so... It's great to um to have that, you know, and that's what will make people even more so want to talk about their trauma and what they've gone through. And we just say that to say that's why people don't want to open up because I think we said this already, but um they're ashamed and they feel like they're alone, whether you're male or female, no matter what age you are. You know, we all can feel that shame and that guilt. Um, that you mentioned earlier about anything we've done or any kind of um, behavior that we've accepted. But, you know, we have to, like we just said, um, just accept it. You Mm -hmm. know, a lot of us, we get hurt, we get used, we get burned. We, like you said, a lot of people don't want to see you succeed. We definitely know about that. (laughs) Yeah. One of the main things we love about our husband is even though he doesn't do what we do, he's not one of those jealous types that I don't want you doing a podcast or anything, music or whatever. He's in full support of anything that we do. And we always tell him, we said this a lot, that we don't feel that we're getting the support we deserve with everything we do. And we know that's probably one of the reasons why he does that. But it's really just him, to be honest. And, you know, people like yourself that we're able to network with and we haven't made a day in our life. But the one thing we love about doing these interviews is we get to hear other people's perspective and they walk, you know, of life and what they've gone through. And you'll be surprised, you know, just like people like ourselves that have been through similar um, issues, guess the word would be to use. Yeah. And, you know, now you have your kids and your fiance. You guys have a date yet for your wedding? Not yet. Not yet? Wait till, the, wait till this baby comes. <laughs> When's the baby coming? Uh, October 10th is the due date. But I think she'll come early. She's pretty bossy already. <laughs> oh, yeah. We know about that. Our youngest daughter was a soccer star. Oh, yeah. She this kicked- one is already... Oh, wow. They, they were active. They're active. But yes, um, we just wanted to ask that really fast. But yeah, it's it's good to have, you know, that support. We know you know that now. We have it finally in our life. How long? Because we know when you've been through trauma after trauma, it takes you a minute to, how do we say, adjust to something new. So with 
what you have gone through, was it an unfamiliar feeling to finally have that? Is that something, you know, you had to get used to with what you've had gone through? Uh, I mean, I'm still getting used to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I people don't, unless people have experienced, you know, the, the trauma, um, it's hard for them to understand the constant tape that plays in your head all the time. Oh yeah. You know, and it doesn't just get undone. I mean, I did intensive therapy one to two times a week for a year. Um, I mean, I healed a lot, but I mean, some of it, I'm just, you know, we talked about, you know, just accepting it and maybe one day it'll go away. Maybe one day it won't, but it's just part of who I am right now. Yeah. I think that, you know, you learn how to deal with it a little more over time. We don't think that you really let it go per se, but you learn to deal with it, you know, a little bit better as time goes on. So yeah. it's like that time does heal all wounds, but it doesn't say how much time it takes because we're all no. different. <laughs> yeah. That's the key. <laughs> yeah. We're all different. It may take a year for you. It may take six months for us. You know, who knows? But yeah, yeah um, we can definitely relate. So what helps you... Um, get through that process of dealing with, you know, your new life and your fiance and everything? Uh, staying in reality. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were talking about, you know, your thoughts become your feelings. So if, if it's all just inner critic, inner voice or that, you know, that inner asshole, I mean, that's not my authentic self either. Right. So you know, I mean, I just have to be really real with myself. I put my feet on the floor and see where I'm at, you know, and um, not everything's going to fall through <laughs> all the yeah. time. That's true. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, things don't go as planned, that's for sure. But, um, you know, that uh, I like to say, you know, I have problems in areas I didn't have areas before, you know, when I was in my alcoholism and, you know, in the domestic violence, it was like fight or flight all the time, just like living to the next meal or the next drink or whatever it was. And, and now, you know, we don't have to live like that. Now it's more like, okay, we want to do this or we get to go do this or we want to take the kids to do this or school's coming and we got to get school clothes and what job are we going to do? Um, definitely not the same problems as before. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's a beautiful thing. And that's, we love what you said. A lot of people are living in a fantasy and that actually, you know, in a way helps us too. We have to remind ourselves, you know, you're going to go through things, even being married, you're going to go through things. You're not always going to agree, but, you know, number one, you're not dead. You're still alive. So yeah. every day that you're able to wake up, you know, you do the best that you can. And no matter, you know, what your circumstances are, you're not in the same spot you were mentally. You're not in the same spot physically, emotionally. You're not. You know, you may not be where you want to be. And this is how we talk to ourselves. You may not be where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. I think that's the same too. Yeah. Um, I may not be where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. So exactly. it's, it's going to be a work in progress. Yeah. It's, it's all be, but... You can be a soldier and stand strong, or you can fold and give up. Correct. Uh, want it or you don't. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's it. So, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Just thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Same here. Um, go ahead and give everyone your social media. It's um, uh, Mandy Beth Steritz. Uh, last name is S-T-A-R-E-T-S. Um, and that's across Facebook, uh, Instagram, and um, TikTok. Just my name. All right. Well, we see you got the baby coming and you're getting married and everything. So we definitely want to congratulate you um, on your new life. Um, definitely. Our apologies for what you had to go through and 
same thing with us. But you know, we still strong women. Yeah. And we're here. So we both have a story to tell. So if we ever need anyone to, you know, help out with your um with the domestic violence that you're um doing, we would love to be a part of that. You know, if you awesome. would like to have us um however we you know we can help out. Um but yeah, we definitely want to be a part of that cause because along with um mental hey. health, we definitely feel strong about um domestic violence as well. So we definitely like to be a part of that. Okay. Thank you so much. And you guys have such a beautiful evening. No problem. Same to you. Okay.